0: Modern Doctor Who is often seen as the show that launches the careers of the next generation of stars. Karen Gillen, Carey Mulligan, Daniel Kalua and Andrew Garfield have all passed through those big blue doors on their route to Hollywood, but what about the other way round? Back in the 1980s, John Nathan-Turner was keen to get theatre legend Sir John Gilgud to play a mutant in Revelation of the Daleks, but unfortunately it never came to pass. Similarly, Dennis Hopper had voiced a desire to appear in Doctor Who, but Russell T Davies decided against it as he felt it would overshadow Kylie Minogue's cameo rather than, you know, add to it. Sometimes, however, big-name guest stars do agree to appear in Doctor Who. Who could forget Alan Cummings' scene-stealing turn as King James VI in The Witchfinders, or legendary British sitcom and movie actor Beryl Reid's turn as a grizzled space captain? This list collects some of the more surprising cameos and guest turns from Doctor Who's long history. From TV episodes to charity sketches and specially filmed comedy sketches, these are some of the big stars that you may not have realised have appeared in Doctor Who, or alongside the doctor in something else entirely so with that in mind then i'm ellie with who culture with 10 big stars you forgot appeared in the world of doctor who number 10 brian cox David Tennant's final two-part at the end of time was a big deal, airing over Christmas Day 2009 and New Year's Day 2010. It was complemented by Tennant guesting on popular BBC panel show QI and specially commissioned idents before each programme on BBC One. Not only that, but the production team secured two huge stars to join Tennant, Bernard Cribbins, Catherine Tate and John Sim for the big finale. One of those was former Hannibal Lecter and future Logan Roy actor Brian Cox as an Ood, or more accurately, the voice of an Ood. Brian Cox would likely channel Logan Roy's catchphrase if asked to don the Ood prosthetics. It's a brief voiceover role as the elder Ood, but the actor brings the required levels of gravitas to their portentous warning. It is returning, and he is returning, and they are returning. Set the tone for the momentous end of part one cliffhanger that revealed the impending return of Gallifrey and the time to bring the RTD tenant era to close. Years later, Cox would bring lashings of piss and vinegar to his role as Doctor Who's Canadian impresario creator Sidney Newman in Mark Gatiss' excellent docudrama about William Hartnell. Number 9. Timothy Dalton The other huge star in The End of Time was Timothy Dalton as the President. It's only in the climactic confrontation towards the end of Part 2 that RTD reveals that the President is a resurrected Razalon, the original founder of Time Lord Society. Apparently, Davies had considered making Omega the villain for Tenant's final story, but quickly dropped the idea. Omega would require far more explanation, and a corrupt president desperate to survive is a much easier sell for a hungover New Year's Day audience. The Razalon reveal is merely a nice bonus for fans. Timothy Dalton is excellent as Razalon. Like Cox, he gets to do a lot of portentous voiceover acting in the first part. His vengeful fury in his confrontations with the Doctor and the Master is tangible, not to mention spittle inflected. What makes it even better is that it's essentially James Bond versus Doctor Who and the Master, a real casting coup appropriate for Such a momentous role and episode. Dalton's Bond predecessor Roger Moore once said that he'd have loved to star in Doctor Who for Mark Gatiss. He never got the chance, but in the RTD era, it was only right that the Welsh James Bond Timothy Dalton joined the show. Number eight, Bert Quok. Bert Quok was a British screen legend, born in Lancashire in 1930 and raised in Shanghai. After the Communist Revolution, Quok returned to the UK, where he embarked upon a prolific career in film and television, which included a small role in Goldfinger. He is best known for his role as Kato, Inspector Clouseau's hands-on man-servant in the Pink Panther series. In later years, he delivered an acclaimed performance as Major Yamaguchi in Japanese Prisoner of War drama Tenko. It was around the same time as Tenko that Kwok would appear in Peter Davidson's first serial as the Doctor, 4 to Doomsday. Kwok plays Lin Futu, who was kidnapped by the frog-like monarch and converted into an android. When the Doctor reveals that he's been deceived by the monarch, Lin Futu and his fellow androids assist the Doctor and his companions in foiling the monarch's plan. Davidson and Kwok would meet again years later on the set of The Harry Hill Show, where they took the helm of the Enterprise in a Star Trek-inflected version of Pulp's Disco 2000. In many ways, it's less weird than anything in 4 to Doomsday. Number 7. Ronnie Corbett There have been all manner of Doctor Who charity sketches and crossovers over the years, but it's rare for one of the spin-off shows to get in on the act. Torchwood, for example, never crossed over with Holios, It just felt like it did. One exception was the Sarah Jane Adventures, which got involved with Red Nose Day in 2009 to raise money for comic relief. In a sketch known as From Raxacoricofallapatorius with Love, Sarah Jane and her team come face to face with an alien ambassador played by UK comedy legend Ronnie Corbett. Given that it's comic relief, the alien part is a very thin veil. As Corbett deploys his various trademarks, a love of golf, delivering monologues from a comfortable chair, and of course Sarah Jane gets to say a good night from him when she dis- him once his true colors are revealed. For Ronnie, or Ranius, is revealed to be a Sladeen who is intent on capturing K-9 and using the robot dog's knowledge and capabilities to rule the galaxy. He is very quickly found out and dispatched in a fun throwaway scene that also has the honor of introducing deadly dealy-boppers to the world of Doctor Who. Number 6. Michael Sheen michael sheen has been about to play the next doctor since christopher eccleston's departure was announced in 2005. the welsh actor certainly fits the bill as an idealised version of what some fans see as the doctor but it feels unlikely that he'll ever get the keys to the tardis he'll just have to take the doctor's ship by force and he's already got experience in that department Neil Gaiman's acclaimed Doctor Who story, The Doctor's Wife, casts Sheen as the voice of the villainous House. He was a non-corporeal entity that survived by consuming Artron energy from captured TARDIS's on his junkyard planet. He is defeated by the TARDIS in the form of Idris, who expels the entity from the Doctor's ship. Sheen's voice is quite unrecognizable, unsurprising given his talent for mimicry. It's a spine-chilling performance, and despite recording all his lines separate from the filming, you get a real sense of Sheen going toe-to-toe with Matt Smith in the fantastic Fear Me scene. Sheen and Gaiman are, of course, firm friends and continue to work with each other on the anticipated second series of Good Omens. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Number 5. Stephen Fry You could be forgiven for forgetting that Stephen Fry appeared in Spyfall, given how brief his role as the head of MI6 was. However, that's not the forgotten Fry role in question. The polymath actor had previously appeared in a very different type of Doctor Who story back in 2001. With the series come back four years away, other revival options were being considered. One of these options was an audio serial entitled Death Comes to Time, which picked up the story of the seventh Doctor and Ace. It's a murder mystery, an epic intergalactic battle, and steeped in new Time Lord mythology. It also just happened to kill off the Doctor, seemingly for good. Joining a returning Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred was an extraordinary guest cast that included John Sessions and Anthony Head. Stephen Fry played the Minister of Chance, a fellow Time Lord who breaks the laws of non-intervention in a catastrophic fashion. It's a great performance by Fry, and the closest you'll likely get to him playing the Doctor. If the series had taken off, the plan was to have the Minister of Chance adopted Doctor's title to redeem his prior actions, which led to the Doctor's death. It wasn't to be. Number four, Ricky Gervais. This is probably more a case of a Doctor that you forgot appeared in something else. Given that the Extra's Christmas special features Gervais's character playing a role in a fictionalised version of Doctor Who alongside David Tennant, it counts. Andy Millman takes on a part in Doctor Who when his career hits the skids. Watching the scene in question, it's clear that neither Gervais or Merchant have actually watched Doctor Who since the 1980s. The slug-like character that Millman is playing and the use of salt by Tennant's tenth doctor to defeat him are ripped directly from 1984's The Twin Dilemma. Clearly, Colin Baker's debut story had a profound effect on the pair. It's a surprise not to see a producer wandering around in a Hawaiian shirt, a la 80s producer John Nathan Turner. It's an odd moment, given how many big stars have played villains in real life Doctor Who by this point in the new series' history. The idea of playing a Doctor Who monster as a low point feels outdated in 2007. It's almost as if Gervais is prone to making sweeping, simplistic generalisations in his comedy. Number 3. Eddie Redmayne Pudsey Redmayne is a name regularly plucked out of the next Doctor hat, likely due to his Doctorish, slightly quirky-wears-a-long-coat performance in the Fantastic Beasts series. However, Redmayne has come within spitting distance of the TARDIS in a charity sketch that saw the world of Harry Potter crossover with Doctor Who. The sketch involves Newt Scamander, a role that incidentally Matt Smith reportedly turned down, call round various fictional characters to ask if they'd seen Pudsey. The one-eyed yellow teddy is the children in need master. God, and has clearly gone missing. Given that Newt's commander has a history of magical creature wrangling, the mind boggles as to his intentions for the bear. One of the calls he makes is to the 12th Doctor, who lists a variety of strange alien creatures that may or may not be Pudsey. Capaldi is on fine form, relishing in rattling off elaborate creature descriptions and delivering the best gag in the whole sketch, that Pudsey has destroyed whole worlds with a death ray. Redmayne, meanwhile, blandly simpers and pouts his way through it. As for calls for Redmayne to be the next Doctor, maybe the 12th Doctor should answer those. Thank you very much for your call. Have a nice life. Number 2. June Brown The late, great June Brown appeared in Doctor Who back in the 1970s, going toe-to-toe with John Pertwee in The Time Warrior. This was before she landed the iconic role that would define her career, Dot Cotton in EastEnders. Through Brown's incredible performance, Dot is firmly embedded in British popular culture, to the point that she once made friends with Lady Gaga on The Graham Norton Show. Decades after her first appearance in the series, June Brown briefly re-emerged in the Doctor Who world via a short sketch, and we're not talking about dimensions in time. 2011's National Television Awards channeled the spirit of Billy Crystal at the Oscars via a whistle-stop TARDIS tour Around TV history. The central conceit is that presenter Dermot O'Leary has slept in for the ceremony and needs the doctor's help to get him to the NTAs on time. The TARDIS travels 100 years into the future to find an advert-laden BBC and returns to Albert Square. When Dermot emerges onto Albert Square, he's immediately recognised by Doc Cotton as not being the doctor. After all, he's only got one outfit. Where else would he get it cleaned but in one of TV's last standing laundrettes? Number 1. Ian McKellen Ian McKellen has regularly worked with Seventh Doctor Sylvester McCoy, both in King Lear at the RSC and in Peter Jackson's Hobbit trilogy. It was while they were filming this that McKellen and Jackson submitted a short scene for the celebratory comedy The Five-ish Doctor's Reboot back in 2013. However, McKellen had already appeared in Doctor Who 11 months earlier as an evil snow globe. If anyone can lend the required gravitas to something as ostensibly silly as an evil snow globe, it's Sir Ian McKellen. McKellen's voice performance as the Great Intelligence is a superb addition to 2012's Christmas special, The Snowmen. He's warm and paternal as he entrances is the lonely young Simeon, then shifts to frosty malevolence as the Doctor discovers the extent of the plot. It's the sort of star casting that became expected of the Doctor Who Christmas special since Catherine Tate, who, lest we forget, was huge in the UK in 2006, appeared in the TARDIS at the end of Doomsday. despite him only being a voiceover, McKellen's portrayal of a classic villain like the Great Intelligence is indicative of Doctor Who's increasing popularity in the run up to the 50th anniversary in 2013.